This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. What is up, my sinners? My name is Shane. Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I, your host, talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. And today we have a great episode. My buddy Mike Heranica, Heranica, I don't know. He explains how to say his name. There's a whole tutorial in this episode about how to say his name. Mike from Devilers Prada, he joins me today. Great episode, great guy. And I got to say, man, it's Monday when you're listening to this, and tomorrow is a big day for you Americans. It's a big one. Yes, make sure you're voting. We talk a lot in this episode about Trump, um, about our disdain for Donald Trump. So please go out. Don't be lazy. Get to the voting booths. It does matter. Even to me, I'm not even American. Believe me, it affects the whole world. So please, if you're American, do your part. Get out there and vote. Right now, I'm chilling home. I'm back in Toronto. We just finished the first leg of the Rise Up Tour with Devil Wars Prada, Memphis Mayfire, Silverstein, and Lake Mosta Flames. We had a blast. It was so much fun. If you missed the U.S. dates, well, that's too bad. But hey, we're coming to Europe really soon. So if you're in Germany, the U.K., Netherlands or Belgium or France, even we're even coming to France. Please come hang out. You can get your tickets now. They are available and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Also in December, I am embarking on my first ever solo tour under the moniker River Oaks. That's my solo project. Tickets for that are also available now. I'm going to be in New York, Philadelphia, Detroit, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, so please, if you're interested in coming out, seeing me play solo, seeing me play some River Oak songs, some Silverstein songs, some cover songs, whatever, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be hanging out. So please get your tickets right now. You can get them at riveroaksmusic.com. And as always, I encourage you to get in touch. If you've got suggestions for future guests, suggestions for me, if you just want to say hi, we are on all the different social medias. At Lead Singer Sin, S-Y-N on Twitter. At Lead Singer Syndrome on Instagram. There is a Facebook page. Make sure you go like that. And of course, old-fashioned email. It's LeadSingerSyndrome at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, a great way you can do that is if you buy anything online. If you use Amazon at all, use our affiliate link. All it does, it'll take you right to the Amazon homepage. You log in as normal. Whatever you buy, we get between 4 and 6%, and it costs you absolutely nothing. So if you buy something online, please don't forget, just go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Again, leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. It takes you right there, boom, 4 to 6%, and that really does help keep the lights on. Also, it's pretty cool. This is episode 52, so you know, 52 weeks in a year. We've been doing this thing almost a year now. I think we're coming up on it in either the next week either next week or the week after, will be officially one year. And I just want to say thank you, everybody, so much for the support, all the emails you've sent me, all the love you've given me. You know, starting this podcast was pretty daunting. You know, I'd never really interviewed a band before. I didn't know what I was doing. And it's really, really cool to see how much this thing has grown in a year. And we have some amazing guests coming up. 
So almost a year under our belts, and I think I'm going to be doing this for a few years. So I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. And please, if you're really enjoying it too, please tell a friend. The word of mouth that keeps this thing growing is really, really important, you know? So please, tell a brother, tell a sister, tell a friend, post on your social media about how great my podcast is, whatever you got to do to help spread the word. I really, really do appreciate it. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into it. Here's my chat with my good friend Mike from The Devil Wears Prada. Management was out yesterday. First time right. I've like met them and everything. Crazy. Um, well, I, I've known Biggie forever when he was with Every Time I Die. But oh, Biggie's your um, new manager. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crazy. Biggie and Dog and, and Jackie and uh, um, it was like I, we had this once. We played. Have you played the Paramount in Long Island, Huntington no. Beach or something? No, no, no. Gorgeous, stunning room. It's got like a like hidden speakeasy and whatnot. And oh, sick. It was the first time since we signed with Roadrunner, and they came out to a show that was just like a fucking train wreck. So I, I think it's just that that's our vibe. Because as soon as we need to like impress like a new member of our team, nope, bad. That's funny. Let's start there. Um, that is a funny thing when you bring up when you have. It always seems like when you have somebody you're trying to impress, like it's a label. Uh, oh my! Well, a label, a management. You know, new people working with your team, agent. Our agent was there last night, too. Or, like, the funniest for me is always, like, when it's, like, a new girlfriend's, like, parents. Oh. Have you ever had a girlfriend's parents come and see what you do? No. They've heard it before. But I don't think they've ever been to a show. That's nerve-wracking. Oh, man, yeah. (laughs) I I had a a girl I dated. We had a dating for, like, almost five years. But, like, I've known her parents, and they know me as, like, this sweet soft-spoken guy from Canada, you know? Very <laughs> chill, like, I don't even have any tattoos, you know? And um, then they came to St. Andrew's Hall to watch m- me perform, and I don't think they were ever looked at me the same after that. It ruined everything. Well, you know, <laughs> picture me, you know, screaming into a microphone, and you're, like, horrified. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is, like, through my experiences dating when, like, oh, he plays in a band. Like, oh, like a full-time musician. Like, I guess you can call it that. Like, uh, yeah. I, I always feel so guilty when I write musician on, like, uh, <laughs> like the card coming back into the country. Like, occupation, like, musician. I'm like, well, I yell and I flub around on guitar. If that's <laughs> If that's what, I maybe I should just write that. Well, there's that side of it, and then there's the side of it when people look at it and you know the border guys look at it and go rolling his eyes being like yeah so what do you what do you really do for money yeah 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 like does that mean you know you do temp jobs loading trucks or does that mean you sell drugs what does that mean <laughs> probably, you know? yeah that probably is the uh that notion for border like yeah well i i think they look at everyone being like oh you sell drugs at least they look at us as like yeah when we when we before you guys hopped on the tour when we played that Toronto show right right we the guy came on he was standing in front of the bus the bus vaping like biggest tool this guy the agent and, was vaping <laughs> the Canadian yes. agent yeah crazy and he comes on he goes all right cut the shit what what's going on in here and and Ben is like uh, no drugs no drugs and he's like 
<laughs> it was uh, Ben's like, well, I just smoked. He's like, smoked what? And Ben's like, a cigarette. <laughs> like, it, like it's like, like oh, you know, crack. Like you're gonna tell this to a, <laughs> a, a, a border agent, dude. I'm just reminded of that. Yeah, that's super funny. I remember one time we were crossing in a bus. I find the border people are all really sweet to us. When you're at a bus, they think you're like a big deal, and sometimes yeah. they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, can I get an autograph from a kid?" You know, they don't yeah. even know who we are, but they want stuff like that. But when we were in a van, it was definitely more difficult. <laughs> I remember one time we were coming back into Canada, and uh, it was like really late at night, so we're really tired. I was driving, and I pull over and you know hand them the passports, and the guy goes, "How much marijuana is in the vehicle?" <laughs> like. Like, uh, and before I could answer, he points at Bill, Bill who's straight edge at this point. Yeah. Points at Bill and goes, <laughs> when was the last time you smoked? And Bill goes, uh, I've never smoked weed. And it seemed like the biggest lie, even though yeah. he never had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, I was just sitting there like, oh God, we're going to be here a while. But Oh but, my gosh. I, I, I don't know. get that vibe from Bill. Like looking at your guys, like, bit like he's, he's the culprit. He's the, the villain. The right villain, but at the same time, like you know, he's like six foot four. I don't know how much he weighs, and he's like got its crazy mustache and tattoos. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much how judgmental they are at the border, but probably pretty judgmental. Pretty judgmental, yeah, for sure. Oh gosh. Oh, dude, it's so good to have you finally. Um, been trying to set this up for a while. You know, I, I didn't ask you. I didn't call you and be like, "All right, Mike, let's do it over the phone," because I knew I was going to see you on this tour. It's been planned for so long, and all these people would write in, all the fans of the show would write in, and be like, "When are you going to interview Mike? When are you going to interview Mike?" I'm like, "It's coming!" So I'm very glad you could be here, dude. So so pumped. And it's so a beautiful it's a day. We're in Pomona, California, indeed. Which I mean, in terms of the touring life, like Southern California, it's kind of the dream. I felt that way early on for sure, but oh, I'm, it's I'm like such. A, well, I'm just like I love cold winter snow misery. So like being here and also like allergies and shit with my voice. Oh, yeah? like, I don't know. If, well, you're always like perfectly consistent as long as we've known each other. Well, but, uh, you say that, but I don't know about that. But <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, just like San Antonio, four days, three, four days ago, yeah. my voice was shot. Yeah, I can't do like climate changes and whatnot. But no, I know it's the worst. So you bring up beautiful Pomona, and I just bitch for <laughs> my little tangent. I, I guess that's just me growing up in a cold-ass place. Yeah. To where I'm like, well, all my friends are complaining about how it's getting colder at home, and here I am, and it's like, you know, 85 degrees and <laughs> sunny, and I'm like, yeah, living the dream. So that's just my take. But um, no, we're sitting on the bus. We're having a beer. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Um, and I want to ask you about the beer thing. Because, uh, you know, I've known you a long time. I've known you guys since you were basically like little kids. Yep. You know, and... My first memory of of your band uh, was Dave Shapiro, who's our booking agent, not begging, telling us to put you guys <laughs> on a show at the House of Blues in Cleveland. I'm not sure what year that was. Maybe 07? 06? 06. 06. And, uh, you know, being like, Devil Wears Prada? Uh, okay, whatever. And uh, Cool name. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I, won't, I won't lie. I was like, that's a that's terrible name. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Ever since that, we've been friends, and we've watched you guys grow into this mature, serious band. I, I'm trying to think of other words, but like a real band with real fans and 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 your own 
persona and your own moral value and your own everything that goes along with with doing this for you know over ten years now, and that's a cool thing to see. And um, I want to I want to start right off out of the gate, just talking about the whole Christian band thing. How you start as kids saying you're a Christian band, you develop a certain fan base, and then as you grow older, those kinds of things change. And I just want to ask you how, how that's been for you guys, you know, over now over a decade. Yeah, I mean, like, my faith still plays a, 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 a very important role in my life, but it, it's most certainly different, you know? I mean, like, mm-hmm. when, you, when you guys had us out, like, when I joined the band, I was 16, soon turned 17. And when people ask about the, these kinds of things, I'm like, I get these shitty email interviews like what's changed like what do you mean what's changed like what changes in a person from when you're 16 to i'll be 28 here soon like yeah everything changes you know i, I you know I was everything yeah angsty kid from ohio i have these lyrically things are, are much different i try not to be as drastic and and uh melodramatic so much <laughs> with lyrics and and all that um but i i think that's just a total parallel to to faith playing a role in my life you know like for like so many components of your life will change as you get older and that's faith as well um i just like i i feel more driven i feel that the more immediate topic to bring up isn't so much of christianity anymore um i i feel like the and people get mad at me saying I'm becoming too political. I, I see online or something like that. But well, you're progressive and Christian, right? Do you know what I mean? And that sometimes those words are not congruent, <laughs> for sure. And which is bizarre to me. Looking I'm, at absolutely like, right, like sure. l- like I, I'm just like I hate to be so cliche as being like the you know, I'm a believer, not a Christian, or I'm you know it's about God rather than religion. But like those cliches are true. Like yeah. the stereotypes yep. are true because they're I feel them proven correct at least in my own life. So um, yeah, I, I don't know if this answers the question at all, but it just it it changes, it evolves, and um, I mean when when I speak with God or when I pray, it's different than when it was even you know five years ago. Um, I don't feel it's worth apologizing for. I feel like it's still a good stance to have as a band, and I think that it really brings us together. Even guys like John, our keyboard player, is a, an atheist. Like, like, have we ever cared? Like, not even in like the slightest. You know, like it just doesn't. It it always feels like we're putting in this role of like kind of like this black or white live or die thing. Yeah, and it it feels it just feels silly anymore. I mean, like when people. It was the common question for even still, as far as like doing like the Mayhem tour twice with Slipknot and uh, Slayer twice, Motorhead, like, and everyone being like, "Oh, you like Christian or whatever," and it's like, "You are pe- like on our end, we are persecuted as being bad Christians way more than from the metal side saying like, you know, fuck God, right?" Like, it, people always think that it's going to be like the bands on the tour like friends in like Whitechapel let's say or like these very um I don't know what would you call that like the like the dark subject matter rape murder blood violence like yeah and those are all like always our buddies you know it, it's always coming from the church where it's like you know beer cursing uh you know looking at our uh liberal progressive democrat exactly sort of those aspects like 
I don't know. Well, I don't know where where it's very convoluted. It, I don't it, think I it, it is, and, and like, I'm like, I'm not. You know, you know my stance. Like, I guess I'm an atheist. I don't know. I, I'm not. It doesn't play a role in my life, really. And I never understood why. First of all, why cussing was a big deal, really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly. Yeah. I, I gotta say, like, there's. I don't think there's a Christian man out there that doesn't say those words when they're like not on stage. True. I mean, maybe, maybe there's some. But it's like, what? Where do you want to draw the line between like what's a show that you're putting on to promote something like, and what is just this is who I am, like uh, or drinking is the same thing. So there's guys that are basically alcoholics, but they're like, no, no, no we can't have a beer on stage. Yeah, it's not Christian. Well, <laughs> isn't it? A, isn't shouldn't it be more about just being honest and being real and then promoting whatever message it is? Certainly. I mean, I, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not promoting anything. Like I'm promoting like I I've had this tremendous blessing to be able to write and that like that's my I like to write. I never anticipated anticipated being a musician, yeah, being a front man, a singer. I can't sing really, you know, like I I just I have a, a really tremendous platform to be able to talk about things that are immediate and for me to express myself. The same yep. as if, you know, one were to paint. Or any means of, of creative expressionism, you know? And, you know, that's where I'm at, and that's what I do on the stage. I'm not selling a, a product. I'm not selling faith. I'm not... It's just... Right. I get to play guitar. Like, that's my sure. favorite thing in the world. Like I know. That's the thing. Like, when I get to... And, I mean, you're up there ripping, like, an electric, which is rad. I've never done that. Um, no, I'll play, like, an acoustic thing. But, man, Are you going to do could, that overseas? Play acoustic? Yeah. Probably, because yeah, we pumped. have to play for I'm so pumped. long. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice to break it up a little bit with something like that. Um, we haven't talked about what we're doing overseas, actually. But, um, but man, like, I haven't had the feeling since the band started of just, like, putting on an electric guitar and hearing that amp, like, ripping behind me. That's fun, man. Dude, yeah. that Like, that's the dream. Like, that was... Some of it becomes so like diluted too, and when you get to this certain point, I feel like I'm I'm such a dick on this tour because we go up there and we're like, oh, we've been playing for eleven years, and this is our the we're gonna make it like we play this medley of our old songs, and we think we hate our old songs. Old yeah, songs I want to ask you about that too. Go on though. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And I'm like I'm I'm up there being bitter and jaded. And I'm like, well, Silverstein, you guys are what, sixteen years in, right? Yeah, seventeen. Like, gosh, I mean, and I'm the one complaining. It, it's it's entirely backwards, and I apologize for that. I need to apologize to all of your guys individually. I feel for my my crappy attitude. No, um, I mean I, I have it literally. I'm looking at my notes, and I have. I'm just going to read my notes verbatim. People can tell how shitty they are. I wrote <laughs> I wrote playing old songs despite not wanting to. Are you at all embarrassed about the band in terms of the old days and the aesthetics? Even your band name. Sometimes you say we are TDWP rather than saying we are the Devil Wears Prada. I've heard you say that. So, oh, so oh. there's my there's my notes, and you can. That's not really a question, but go. You could right, run it, with it, that. It's 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 a very astute observation. I, I feel like it, it, the old material is embarrassing. I mean, lyrically, it's again, it was like these huge life or death matters when I was just, you know, a, an angsty teenager. I'm yes. depressed, I'm lonely, you know, not very many friends, don't like school, good, like, I was a, I, I wasn't, like, stupid, you know, I had good grades and everything, <laughs> like, but I, I just never, 
it just never clicked that way. Yeah. And I, and I never, I didn't realize I could love where I lived until I moved to Chicago. I always hated Ohio. Yeah. Sorry, Ohio fans. Like, you guys are great. I called it the worst state once on this podcast. Really? And I got a lot oh, of hate no. mail for that. <laughs> Someone's like, what, what do you think the worst state is? I'm like, I don't know, Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I mean, like, it is, like, there's this place in Columbus we play that is just absolutely amazing, super cool. Um, I think it's called Newport. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I know like, Newport, yeah. Yeah, it's like, man, those shows are so incredible. Bogarts forever. I'm sure you yeah, guys are playing of Bogarts. Like, um, but, yeah, you know, it, that was me then. And that, it kind of going back to the whole the Christian conversation, like the, that's just the change that happens, you know, like I didn't like the guys that named the devil Wars Prada aren't in the band anymore. Like that was the three starting guys. Right. And we had to in, <laughs> like receive, inherit this horrible, stupid name, you know, and it, it is embarrassing, but at the same time, you know, the one thing I can't apologize for, and I never will, is that those things were always honest and sincere. It never was. Of course. It still was never, like, selling a product, you know? Like, doing, like, a stupid cover song at one point, like, having these bright t-shirts and whatnot. Like, that was just the... That was us. Like, that was what we wanted to do, you know? Um, and, yeah, it was honest, which maybe I should be a little more embarrassed or abashed and, and looking at it and, and being like, yeah, I honestly <laughs> did like bright blue like vibe, like that whole look yeah. and looking at old promo photos. And um, it is a little embarrassing, but, you know, it, it came from the heart. And if I couldn't say that, then it would be further embarrassing by all means, I think. Well, I think the difference is that you were just so young, too. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're talking about you started the band when you were 16 years old. You know, when we started the band, I was like 20 you know, we didn't record our first record until I was like 22. So mm -hmm. there's a lot that changes within a person, Definitely. you know, in terms of maturity in that age, which is maybe why with Silverstein, we, we do still back our stuff. Uh huh. Do we think it's the best stuff we ever did? No. <laughs> Are there some embarrassing times, songs, lyrics? Of course. Yeah. But at the same time, like we, I would never make a statement like that. Um, Maybe first of all, because I don't really feel that way, and second of all, just I don't know. I feel like it's the kind. It's I don't want to say pretentious, but it's almost like you're. What about that kid that loves that shit? Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's like, oh man, like Mike doesn't even like it, and he's just playing it, and like, does that does it take away something? Maybe from the experience, know. like, or does it not even matter to you? I mean, the experience is still a show. It's still adrenaline, you know? It's not like I just mm -hmm. stand there like, uh, you know, woe is me, this sucks. But then, like, but then the same thing is, is like, well, if you just say, we don't like these songs, and then you rock the fuck out, then it's almost like, well, is he, like, faking it? Is he pretending well, no, that he... No, and, and it's not, it's not pretending. I don't, that's another, like, I don't have, I'm not selling anything. Right. I don't have to pretend ever. That That's the, that's the, the blessing I mentioned earlier. Like, that's the cool part. Um... I mean, it's fun to play. I mean, I wish I played guitar, but I'd love it, probably. <laughs> it's, just, it's just hearing the recordings, man. Like, it yeah. is just, like, just detestable. I, uh, just, like, this atrocity of, like, God, yeah. Uh, like, th that's, that's where it's really bad. Like, when we made this medley, John, our keyboard player, he just, like, he's like, oh, like, he wasn't with us way back then, so he just, like, oh, these are the popular songs, I guess put them together and sent them over and I listened to it once I'm like oh my vocal like I didn't know how to record 
Sure. Like it's still, like, even newer, newer, newer material. Like, oh, your voice changed. Your voice was better back then. And I was like, I, I didn't. I was so uncomfortable. It was just, you know, from the throat rather yeah. than, you know, what what's a show. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess it's it, it's not like I'm standing up there being like, and I'm. it's not like judgment either being like, you guys are dumb for liking material that I don't like. Right. I, 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 I can understand how it's somewhat offensive to fans but still I, I'm still just being honest you know yeah. I'm not going to pretend I like that material but if people are stoked to hear it then like they paid like give like true I understand that so you ever think about doing any re-records of that old material yeah yeah I mean like because it's been long enough now that like, contractually you probably could right and also Rise Records too You're exactly back the, on Let Rise two. Yeah. yeah, those two were our first with Rise, and then we were out for a while, and then we just did the EP and our newest EP and the Transit Blues, our new record with Rise. So like it would it would be legally very uh, I don't I, like I don't know it, it'd just be super easy legally yeah. and all that like paper like because I'd love to re-release stuff like from our time with Ferret, which was really just Warner and then yeah. Roadrunner and whatnot. Like when I think about like, you know, if we did like a five year tour for our one of our Roadrunner records, like, oh, so let's do a new vinyl colorway and all this and then thinking about it and being like, oh, that'd be such a nightmare. <laughs> like the team isn't there anymore and all and like just the, the major label kind of umbrella and all that. Um but yeah, a re record would be I yeah. a, a, yeah, a challenging but fun endeavor. Yeah, it could be because you guys. I mean, your new stuff sounds amazing. Um, Thank you. Let's talk about the new record for a second before we get into the old days. Um, yeah, tell the people about it. It's it just came out. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think it came out the seventh, and the first show of this run was the eleventh, and then you guys joined up like fourteenth, fifteenth, yep. or somewhere in there. Um, yeah, it was six full length. We called it Transit Blues. I called it Transit Blues. Um, my my idea w- was was kind of the the degeneration the degradation of of what happens over time and and transit being the more physical um kind of example yeah. as far as like going from one place to another sure. but it's just as much um uh something that's mental and not so physical as far as going from what like aging and and that kind of thing um i've had a hard time with anxiety and panic attacks over the the last three or four years um and and looking at those things and obviously that's not something that's so physical um and i wanted to approach those topics and uh it kind of all kind of felt like it felt under the umbrella of transit blues being that aging getting older body breaking down i mean getting sore for no reason not <laughs> not being able to be as physical Dude, you're not as even like 30 yet yeah. oh yeah <laughs> it's already uh, happening yeah. it, it's definitely <laughs> happening yeah um yeah, I, I in it's, it's very personal. There, there's also you know fictional work in there, narrative based work. But um, I get a, a little bit of a synopsis of my life as of late, and um, I feel like it, in in like doing these meet and greets we've been doing on this tour, Memphis Mayfire in Prada, we is that something you've done much in the past of? No, okay, um, little bit, little bit here and there, but um, like it. It, you, you, we're talking about being honest and whatnot, or like, what, like even this question, like, what's it about? And I feel like a lot of my work is just really sort of veered towards like the, my my own disintegration, like getting older. And 
we, we did a record called Dead Throne, which was our fourth full length, and it was a lot of anti-idolatry in my own life and other people looking at bands as being heroes, which I hate. And I think since then, rather than telling people what to do, I just put myself down so people can, like, I don't know, maybe it's an exercise of humility. I don't know. This doesn't answer your question. I don't know. No, it absolutely. It, 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 yeah. I mean, I said t- t- talk about the new record. That's exactly what you're doing. I mean, that's that's yeah, well. answering the question. But um, yeah, you talk a little bit about anxiety. And you talk about over the last three, four years, and over the last what year? You guys have been very inactive. Uh huh. Um, obviously, member change with uh, Daniel leaving the band. I don't know. I don't even know what happened, and I don't need to speculate. Um, but I will say this: for maybe the first time ever, I see you guys really happy and having a blast like you know with like Kyle you know your your new guitar player and John your keyboard player and of course you know Jeremy and Andy and and, like everybody is just like do you seem like more of a unit you Uh guys are like living it up having like parties on your bus Uh, my favorite is ladies night which I, I'm putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. Now like, people, for sure, dude. people yeah. think, oh, ladies' night. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's cliche, right? Oh, yeah. Bands gonna have ladies' night on their bus. No, 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 no. Not ladies' night. Late eighties night. night. There are no women around. There are no women. <laughs> Giuseppe's wife, and that's it. And yeah. your dog. Yeah, those no, are the two women uh, that that joined us <laughs> the other night for uh, ladies' night. Late eighties night, which um, is just a giant dance party with thirty year old men. And Drinking booze. IPA, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. But like, I don't think that that happens a couple years ago, and I could sure. be wrong. Make like maybe it's you guys coming out of your shell, getting older, you know, just kind of like letting things go a little bit easier. But I don't know if you have what you can say about that. Yeah, I mean, like, I I, I love to read, and reading always puts me to sleep. You know, people always bitch like I don't like reading books; it makes me tired. Like, well, that's good. I like sleeping. <laughs> so. Excuse me. Uh, I was reading the other day, and I, I fall asleep a little bit, or I'm like kind of in and out. And I hear, it was like earlier in the tour, and Quinn comes on. Quinn who's doing lights, and Quinn like now one of a very close friend. He plays drums in my other band. He's like guitar tech for us. He's been assistant tour manager. He's done merch. He's guitar tech, but he doesn't play guitar. <laughs> but like Quinn's the best. And I heard Quinn walking on the bus, and he goes, uh, "He's like, man, it just feels like better on here." And it was just like Ben in the front lounge and Quinn, Ben, our tour manager, for yeah. those that don't know, Ben, our tour manager of nearly nine years, uh, uh, in yeah. front of house engineer, like he's in the band just as much the band members are like, he does everything with us. Um, and like Quinn comes on and, and tells Ben like, yeah, it's just like, feels like better on here. It, it's weird, man. Like it, it's weird getting to the point where you realize you don't have to like step on or what's it like. What's the the phrase like stepping on eggshells or something? Sure, yeah, like walking it, on eggshells, right, yeah. right. Um, and I I don't want to get into the band separation and what happened with Daniel and whatnot either. But um, yeah, man, it's just like it's a better vibe. I remember early on, Jeremy and I really butted heads. Jeremy and I were like, I, I think it was a little bit of competition, but right, like I, the singer frontman yeah, thing. Yeah, and I don't know why because I've never been like I've never been like heavy-handed in anything like vocally yeah not so much like the guys trust me to write and do all like 100 percent of the lyrics and everything you know but him and i always butted heads and i remember like it was actually in california we had like an off day in la and robert our former tour manager he rented a car and we were just gonna go shopping 
and I remember we're like, oh, cool, cool. And Jeremy was still asleep. And I remember being like, oh, let's go before Jeremy wakes up because I don't want to deal with him today. Like, I, I, Wow. Just like that vibe. I don't know if it's just like us being totally childish, but I definitely see it in other bands too. Um, but that just doesn't happen anymore, man. And I, I think it also kind of comes with drinking. Like, you know, I was I was straight edge back in the day with, with mm-hmm. you know, early on. I, I mean, I didn't drink till I was uh, just before I turned 23. Um, and I think that's changed a lot of it. Being being a awkward, anxious person, um, and not to be so repetitive, but I mean, it really does take the edge off of, of <laughs> social circumstances. Yeah. You know? I mean, gosh, yeah. I can't imagine dating without drinking as I was back then, you know, um, or ever. Like, I've been with my, my girlfriend now for coming up on two years. And gosh, if I hadn't been drinking when I met her and like our first dates and whatnot, like it's just a train wreck of like anxiety, you know. So I, I, to get back to it, yeah. what you're, like, I think drinking also kind of helped and. You know, it, it was early on. All you young kids listen to this, start drinking. Yeah, dude, drink, drink. <laughs> Do not drink at a young age because I've had to hear all the horrible stories from people like Kyle, our, our guitar player, who was a total fucking maniac, you know, as a kid. And just he looks back and he's like, nope, I was the worst. I, You know, like he's yeah. like trying to. I don't like make up for his sins or something, <laughs> you know, as far as like being a shitty kid drinking. Um, so I definitely don't want to, I don't want to promote drinking in, in those regards, but you know, like early warp tours and whatnot and like Jeremy and Andy and like everyone out there, like just raging. And I just sit in my bunk being like just steaming, you know, and that's right. a horrible vibe. Right. Um, and now we're at the point and like with G Giuseppe who plays drums with us now and like John, who I think the world of Kyle, who like, I keep telling people like Kyle coming in the band and like when Kyle and I started working together on my other band, it was like, have you seen the movie Step Brothers? Of course. Yeah, like, and they realize they're best friends, like they yep. the, the parallels and <laughs> Do whatnot. we just become best friends? Yup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that was kind of Kyle and I, like, like he like talking about guitar, and I'm kind of talking about guitar. We're at this amazing bar right around the corner from me in Chicago, and and I like kind of tell him, I'm like, yeah, I'm a, he mentioned something. I'm like, I'm a gear snob. Like before we really get anything, it's like, oh, me too. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, are you? Because I will beat you in, in gear snobbery. <laughs> but it, yeah, that, like that was like Kyle and I hitting off and then Kyle and I, we started this band and then um, he realized he, he had offers to tech and certain bands and he turned them down because like, I want to play. I don't want to be the guitar tech. And then he got so sick of working like these dead end jobs back in Chicago and whatnot. He started working for us, guitar teching for us. And then yeah. he uh, um when Chris decided to leave the band and stay home with his wife and new baby, yep. um, Kyle just turned was our guitar player. So Kyle's just been like this virus, further inf- infecting my life and all of my work and endeavors, just seeping into everything. Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, I think the world of him. I, think I do the too. World of him he's a, a, he's a great player. guy. Yeah, I didn't really know him at all before uh, this tour. And me he actually and him. lived in Toronto for a while. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. He had, we hadn't talked about that, <laughs> uh, but no, I'm I'm really enjoying hanging out with with all like you know the new members of Prada and and it does feel like you know you Andy Jeremy being the original guys, have kind of come into your own your own as well. So it's it's really is a a beautiful thing. Um, I want to talk about the the two lead singer thing with you and Jeremy for a second, as this is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast. Uh, you know, you say you do a majority of the writing or all the writing of the lyrics. Has it always been that way? Yep. 
And so when you guys are writing songs, how do you determine like what he's going to sing, what you're going to scream, like where those parts are? I mean, like sonically, it, it sometimes becomes pretty obvious, especially in that we like we love slow stuff. We love slowing down. We love these quiet moments, and I think that's pretty pretty obvious in looking at like the Space EP and Transit Blues. Um, another part of what I really hated about our old material was that it was so forced, so forced to hear Jeremy like, oh, here comes the chorus, da da. Jeremy sings, you yeah, know? and I, I that that di- dichotomy is just so overridden and just like it's just so predictable so a big part of like with transit blues was jeremy and i working together and all of us collectively john plays a big part in me writing like i i take things to john and we demo it out together and we'll be like how about this instead like he's like our, a pre-producer right before we go into the studio so john jeremy and i and john and jeremy work together a lot as far as melodies which i'm not i have no gift <laughs> for for singing melodies or singing really um it's just trying to fit it in as a as an additional element anymore and like that's been a a a fun and rewarding challenge for us is to go about that um and not feel so forced because early on like you know as far as us writing together and whatnot it's been very it was again it either felt it just felt so predictable so now as far as the way we go about songwriting it, it it needs to be fluid and um you know, there, there's never really an ego. Jeremy, like, I, I'll give all the praise in the world to Jeremy about that. As far as, like, it's never like, oh, I want to sing here. What, like, right. we just don't go about it that way. Like, vocals have never been, like, I've never wanted to be, like, the front man of the band. You know, like, anymore, like, I feel like these bands are always, like, it's like boy bands anymore, man. Like, it, it's like a character on fucking Instagram. Like, I'm just another member of the band. It doesn't matter if I'm the front, the vocalist or whatever. Right. Um and that's that's the way we've gone about it. And again, like early on, Jeremy and I kind of butt heads a bit, but um, anymore, you know, it just feels like where it's natural. And a lot of it too is I've become much more yelly with what I do. Um, and with with certain yelly parts, like we'll really bury Jeremy down and do lower stuff because that's also what we want to listen to. You know, like early on, like like looking at choruses and you know just loving like like a good like Seos and chorus let's say or sure. like your your guys shit of course like and it was it was like so high and anymore it just feels like it feel it, it feels like disturbing or like penetrating to to the listening experience of the song um so yeah we, we try to go about it uh creatively and 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 using all the range that we can between me not being able to sing but me trying to do more yelly stuff spoken word-ish kind of stuff um and then jeremy being a, a good singer and being able to go <laughs> in the studio and absolutely do what i can do that's awesome no it's uh yeah i was wondering about that if you're in tech you've been there before feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, 
acquired by Lyft, and Map My Fitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit, and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B U Y R A Y C O N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buy Raycon.com slash LSS. Uh, well, we're already like probably halfway, more than halfway, so it's kind of weird to go back to the beginning and the roots of. Of Mike, how do you even say your last name? Heranica. Heranica. Yeah. There it is, right from the horse's mouth. Yeah. I'm sure you've had all different incarnations of Rancia. how to say Rancia. it. Yeah. Or how to spell it. Yeah. You know, I had Adam Lazara on the podcast once, and he's like, <laughs> every like trophy in my family has like a different version oh, of the no. spelling. Gosh. <laughs> so I imagine that's the same, the same for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like talk a little bit about. Kind of how you got into this. I mean, you say you're not a, really a singer. You say you feel like a bit like a fraud. Well, I'm putting words in your mouth. You feel a bit like a fraud when you put musician on your your <laughs> occupation form. Um, so how did you end up here? You know, how did you come from a kid, whatever? You know, I assume you had parents and brothers and sisters. How did you transition from that a kid in Ohio to now singer of this band? So many years later. Yeah, I uh, I think like anyone getting into heavier music, it was just like the heavier stuff I heard on the radio, and then like hearing Slipknot when I'm 13 or 14 or something, you know, and like it just it went that to the next band to the next band to the, to like thrice in Thursday and whatnot, and then I just started going to every show I could, and it was weird because I never went to any like big shows, like I never saw like very many signed bands, I just saw all the local bands I loved. And I had, like, such a, like, kind of respect and reverence for those guys. It's like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I love doing it. Um, I started a joke band 
with Chris because Chris, our former guitar player, really goofy dude. Um, we started this joke like tough guy mosh band, and I, I did. What was it called? It. it was called X Gumby X. X Gumby X. Perfect. Please to the to those listening to this, do not look into X Gumby X. The, the recordings exist. Yeah, somewhere I think. Wow! If I find it. Oh, it's terrible! It's, if it's I find just, it, I'm playing it at the end of the show. <laughs> it's it's like all joke lyrics. Like I, it, like the lyrics were like, "I hate Circa Survive" was one of the lyrics because they they were like, like it sounded pretty and whatnot. And now, like even knowing Anthony, <laughs> I've never told Anthony this, but he, I I know he'd love it. I think he would love it. Like I don't know Anthony well, but I think he'd love it. Um, so I was doing that, and then. The it, it was like a kind of like using the quotes here the super group of Dayton as far as because each of the oh, three yeah. guys in the band were already in other bands and then they came together to do like this synthy metalcore band and uh, their singer didn't have a car so could never get to practice it's like oh we need a new singer and I just went to their practices because I thought the songs were cool and I liked hanging out with the guys so they had this dude come I forget his name. I know the original singer was named Syrup, for those okay. for those curious. And uh, this dude came and he's like, I, I don't know the songs. And they like we're again, you know, sixteen, eighteen year olds. They're like, dude, just scream. Like you know, it's like a keyboard amp yeah. or whatever, like a mic with an XLR to quarter inch, and yep. just <laughs> just make a sound. You don't have to make words. Just, yep. And he just wouldn't do it. So I was like, oh, I I know the song they're playing because they had a demo on MySpace. And I just did it, and everyone was like, whoa, Mike, you just sing. And I remember we went out to the cul-de-sac. This was James, our keyboard, our original yep. keyboard player. Yeah, I know his, James. His parents' house, and uh, took me out to the cul-de-sac, like, why don't you sing? And I'm like, I don't know. So I just did, and then that that was it. There's, yep. there's nothing past that. And I was just like, all I wanted to do, like, I never, like, management record labels tour managers front of house like all that's uh, like all i wanted to do was go to the shows i was already going to because i loved all these local bands yeah and like it'd be sweet if i didn't have to pay is this like in dayton at the attic yep that's the venue it's funny because i had caleb from Beartooth, and he was talking about that and like that's such a hotbed man like you yeah, think like about Dead all po- the bands that have come poetic back in the day and like we we did yeah yeah i love that band dude like new Still medicines some, is like dude what so a good. record so good um yeah it was that in like hawthorne heights of course yeah was, uh, attack attack i mean i guess like didn't austin carlisle he's from there too yeah yeah i know it yeah i guess because he was in that band like, right. like all these people like i think telly from telly, lord of lives yeah. from there too like, yeah he played yeah he played in a local band i never knew them but it was kind of like playing the same rooms and it's whatnot. just so wild that like, all these people came from this scene and you almost have to attribute it to like what you're talking about people going to shows local shows and just it being a scene yeah i mean like you know it's it's easy to pick on ohio and i i do frequently um born pittsburgh so and being a sports nut I rail in the of course I rail right. into Jeremy all day who's a Bengals and Ohio State fan and all this but it's easy to pick on it man but like I, I grew up like riding BMX and you know riding with dudes that skated and you do that you play sports which I played hockey as a kid yeah um, or you you play music 
it's pretty it's like super cut and dry like it, it that's just what we did like everyone wanted like i got a guitar a year before i joined prada the christmas before my parents got me a guitar and you know it's like the little combo like the the pack for 200 bucks or whatever because i really wanted to play guitar and like everyone else like just wanting to riff and i i, I not to speak for all these dudes they're from like miss may i like i remember me right that's another band sure like, I was selling t-shirts. I had a little t-shirt company and I was 17. I remember he would drive from Troy, Ohio to tip city, Ohio. He lived in Troy and I lived in tip and I played hockey in Troy cause it was a bigger town. I remember him coming to my house to like buy t-shirts and whatnot. Like it's just, it, I don't it's know. Crazy, I don't, man. It's, it's wild. Just, that's Ohio, I guess. It's a wild know. world. And then like, <laughs> we're all like, yep, yeah, we'll see y'all on warp tour this summer. You know, yeah, like it's yeah, always like, it's straight just, up. how does this all happen? You know, it's, yeah. it's like the world is so, like so small uh-huh. you know it, like you can't it's such a cliche but then it's just so true yeah it's mind-blowing right you know and that coincidence is like that like I, i'm excited for europe too like oh this band is playing like down the road like right of yeah. course good shit man um one thing that that i heard, one thing craig from rise told me once he told me and i don't know if this is true or if you know this he told me once that the only reason he signed you guys was because Drop Dead Gorgeous, who was like the biggest band on Rise, asked him to. Drop Dead asked Craig to sign us? That's what Craig told me. Uh, were you friends with them? No. They were They were definitely blowing up, though, and it was also, you know, like, keys and synths, so it was like kind of the same scene. Maybe I'm mixing something up, but that's what... Craig told me at some point that he only signed you guys for that reason, which is hilarious because then you ended up being by far the biggest band that was ever on Rise Records, um, you know. And like it was crazy. I remember having I remember having lunch with Craig one time, um, right outside the Hawthorne Theater. You know, there's like that little Mexican spot Certainly. we were having yep, a meeting because yep. because Craig always wanted to sign Silverstein. Like since like we first put out our record on That's Victory, Craig. he's I always been not like kind of oh, knocking yeah. on the door, you know. So we've always been friends, and I remember him <laughs> being like, "Hey, Devil's Prada, you know they're they're doing really well." I'm like, "Yeah, they're doing really well." And he flashed me like a check that he was going to give you guys like a royalty t check. And I was like, oh shit, he pays his bands. And like, that's like, very I'm not going to say how guys. much money it is. I was like, damn, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then he said, and then he told me that story about, about like, yeah, like I just signed him because I, someone like, it's also asked so Craig to, to like flash a check. <laughs> <laughs> I love Craig. I don't mean to like, I love like Craig too. He's one of my favorite, like favorite music industry people ever. He, yeah. um, and I've known him for over, well over a decade, despite us only putting out one record on Rise. Um, but I just I just wanted to bring that up that antidote and, and if that was a thing you knew about if it's even true I could be completely mixing it up but no I I mean like there was there was Drop Dead uh, I think Dance Gavin was about then Dance Gavin they Dan. were just about the same time yeah. as you guys and bef- uh, before their eyes maybe and oh shit Amorosa EP yeah. was was out about that time yeah Amorosa their former band that was band name that was our second tour ever like our self-book tour like yeah i mean it was we it's were another ohio band yeah well what kind of well chris for, you know true, like Moz was ohio guy right yeah, yeah. so um yeah we we were in the process of putting together a press pack to try to get signed 
and while we were doing that, like waiting for like photos to like do our first promos yeah. and everything, and uh, Chris was just like bored and emailed. And this is how I remember. Chris might say something different. Chris Ruby, uh, we were like he was like bored and just emailed Rise like, "Hey, check out our band." And like Craig came back like, "I'll sign you." And, really? Yeah. So we never put together a press pack or. It was, I swear, was like, I swear, Craig told me that, but it might, maybe it's not true, or maybe I'm mixing it up. No, but. I mean, like, and Craig is very likely to recall better than me. I, I don't have sure. the, the most accurate memory by any stretch, but uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty simple, pretty plain, sweet. Yeah, and, here, mean, and here we are, and, and you guys have been on a bit of a ride since, but but back <laughs> on Rise, which is cool, which is very cool. Yeah, man. Gosh. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you've been having some vocal issues. I've been having well, I, my vo- my voice has been fine, but I've been sick. You probably people can hear it, and my my sinuses are like all clogged. How's that work for you? Um, generally on tour, you ho- hold up pretty well. Or are you kind of a a guy that has problems with your voice? I I don't hold up very well. I know guys that are such troopers over me by any means, but um, yeah, I mean. I don't know. It, it's so fickle, and it, it, it becomes. It, I, I feel that it's so much in your head. It's so much placebo. Um, I kind of got that from like I listened to you and uh, Paul Mark talking on on the, the podcast, and yeah. you guys getting into it. And, and for me, being really able to identify like, and it, like a lot of the time, I always go back to uh, our good buddy Jeremy McKinnon. Who, yeah. gosh, how many songs does he sing? Scream a night, and like, dude doesn't warm up doesn't really do like he chews gum when he plays like that and like it keeps like the saliva going i guess i don't i've yeah i think i tried it one song i was like no way i tried it before too and i was just choking on the gum i didn't have the like (laughs) the technique yet right um and he like he's always been like it's in your head it's and like uh kevin scaff saying i've he's kind of told me the same And, and this was years ago and you know when it was pierce the veil a day to remember the Devil Wars Prada Silverstein tour yeah. in early 2008? Yeah, 2008. Yeah, I think early 2008. Like, She's what a lineup. Can we put that one together again? The headliner Tommy might Shapiro. need to change, but... Well, I mean, <laughs> gosh, don't, you don't have to tell me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't do anything too special. I, I've kind of come down as far as my vocal warm-ups are a little more minimalized. I, I think that it's more just trying to be mindful during the set to not over push um to try to be conscious of like we play in ears everyone uses in ear monitors now i feel like it's very common yeah i'd say it's it's way more common than not using them right for sure do you like them um i do uh-huh. i feel like the still the best is like if you have a perfect wedge mix yeah it's still oh, better than in ears Absolutely. But getting a perfect wedge mix is almost impossible. And then, of course, you have to stand in the same spot, right? Because uh-huh. if you move, then you're not in the same zone as the speaker. So, um, But I just have so many problems with in-ears like breaking, uh-huh. cables going, like water gets in them, and then they don't yeah. sound right. Like those kind of issues well, your ears, you like, know, are annoying. But Like your ears expand. Like your ears grow your entire life, you know? Like, yeah. Physically. So, yeah, I'm on, like, I can't, like, well, I remember when you guys brought us out and see it, like, that was the first time I'd seen in-ears and all this and be like, whoa, and then getting them, and I've pretty much hated them ever since. Yeah. I, like, we play to a click, 
and I love that. Like click keeps me on, and especially also playing like like cueing um, our our video production on a tour like this. You have right. to kind of do that, of course. Um, as well as counting in songs that you know the drummer doesn't pop 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 pop. You don't have know. to hear that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's the only reason I have in ears is for the click. Yeah, I hate them otherwise. So it, it's kind of that as well. I'm also I blast my uh, crowd mix. So I'm trying to get as much of the PA, right. and, and I, 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 we run vocals through the wedges as well, so I try to get a little more body on yeah. stage. Um, we don't have crowd mics. No? No, we don't have well, them. I would hate it. I'd hate it even yeah. more. It's a little... I also use ambient ears, too. I don't know if you've ever tried those. I, I haven't. No, I haven't tried them. I know about them, yeah. You're just a, a pro, and I'm just like a little baby being like ah, I hate this I hate that like yeah I, I, I find like you just get used to it I mean I'll, I'll remember the first show we ever played with in-ears was like the worst like yeah. the feeling of it yeah. the disconnect like people are saying stuff in the crowd like I always take an ear out when, when I'm talking to the crowd uh-huh. just so I can hear if so somebody yells something <laughs> I took out my ear once and it just filled with sweat couldn't hear out of the ear I've never oh taken really oh maybe like, that's why no. men are breaking all the time <laughs> um, I don't know that makes sense no <laughs> Uh, you know, I also funny. take them out like at the last song on on the tour or the last song of the show. I always take them out so I can actually like, oh, the crowd is alive because I'm right. hearing like this dull reproduction. It almost feels like. I don't no, know. it is it is funny though how how much it changes your perception of the crowd and the energy. You know, certainly. Um, also, having these fucking things in your in your ears too, like head banging, is weird. You know, yeah. but the click track thing you bring up is funny. The first time we ever played to a click track. We were playing with you guys. What show? Um, we played the first tour we ever played to a click, which is funny for like band guys listening because they were like, "What? Silverstein played to a click? We didn't play to a click for the first ten years we were a band." Wow, really? Yeah, we didn't play to a click. We never recorded to a click for the first like two records, and that's also why the songs yeah. are so shitty. We always recorded to a click, but uh, <laughs> you know, with, with we well, we we used the first couple records. We had a lot of tempo changes, mm-hmm. which looking back, we probably didn't have to, yeah. but we just were like, no, we want this part to be extra heavy, so we had to slow it down, which, whatever. But no, <laughs> I, I remember the first time we, we did it, we finally like rigged up the click and whatever, and, and you know, uh, I don't, it wasn't even programmed, it was just like a Tama rhythm watch, yeah. like, yeah. you know, shitty plastic box. But we were playing with you guys on that tour we did across Canada, like 2010. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember... Uh, we played it was like the first show so it's like super awkward and all the songs felt slow oh yeah that, you know? that's another thing super slow and i remember us playing and, and walking out and i think it was you that told me you're like no it was, it was good it was like way better you guys were like way tighter i think but smile on your sleep was way too slow i and said that. i didn't say that I, maybe i think it was you if it wasn't you maybe it was maybe it was dan it was i think it was you i don't feel like i've ever had to critique your guys' shit I don't know. I think we were just talking about it, though. Like, you weren't critiquing it. I was probably it. bitching about in-ears, per usual. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I, um, I can oh, no, remember it. To, yeah. I can remember it, yeah. But, yeah, but it's, it's just funny um, how, yeah, we went 10 years without, without ever playing to a click, and now I can't even imagine not playing to a click. Uh, that's the, again, that's why I like the, the only saving grace of in-ears for me. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, but the, you know, back to your question, as far as yeah, that, uh, um, like maintaining my voice and whatnot, it's a, a lot comes down to the in ears. 
as, as sad as that is, I guess. You but, mean it helps? Yeah. Hear well, yourself a lot better. Yeah, but the, at the same time, when I take my ears out at the end of a show so I can, like, get that experience, I'm always like, I feel like I can hear myself better now, like hearing the PA, you know, reverberate through the room and whatnot. Um, well, you ever, thought, you ever thought about using ears just on certain songs? No, because the sweat. I'm yeah. super sweaty. I'm a, a fucking, I'm a pig. Like, I, I sweat a lot. I'm sweating like crazy right now for listeners to probably stinking up your, your You look bus. pretty good to me. Thanks, man. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we go, we got a big thing coming up very soon in America called the election. You've been very vocal. <laughs> You've been very vocal on stage. You say fuck Trump every show, and I appreciate that you say fuck Trump in Philadelphia and New York and Massachusetts, but you also say fuck Trump in a Christian venue in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the people that need to hear it most. Well, right? that's that's you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I we play like before you guys jumped on the tour. We played Denver, and then we had a day off in Kansas City, and then Chicago. Yeah, I've lived in Chicago eight coming up on eight years or something. And I just flew home from Denver and didn't hang out in Kansas City. The other guys went and saw Cigaros, which I'm jealous of. But I just went home wow. and ran some errands. I live by myself, so like maintaining my home and I have a little lamp for my plants. So my, I try to keep my plants from dying. <laughs> I set all that stuff up, see yep. my, my lady and I in early voting. So I'm like, I'm so jazzed that I've already participated. Good. Cause Good I, for I didn't, you. yeah, like I didn't vote for, uh, I didn't vote for president Obama, the first election. And I'm like ashamed. Um, the, the second in 2012 was the first time I'd voted. So now I, I understand the importance and I definitely urge people regardless of your, your party or your, your views, you know, to, to have your part. Um, but regarding old Donnie, Donnie J, uh, I, I just, man, like, come, like, let's, nothing else ever had to happen. Like, we could sit here talking for hours about it, but let's just go back to Mexicans or rapists and murderers. Like, that, like that alone is enough. Like for like, gosh, man! Like, and and even getting back to like talking about like my faith and my Christianity, like, like who, like where would Jesus be sitting at this point? As far as like accepting people, about helping people, like as far as taxes went on, I pay my taxes and it sucks. I'm like super broke right now, like more broke than I've been since I joined the band, and before that because I just worked at Dairy Queen, (laughs) but like. I, like we need to give our money to help people. Like it's so it's so blatantly obvious to someone that that has traveled as we have as well, where you go to these beautiful places throughout Scandinavia, even like Canada for like, and in, in, and the same way with like gun violence, and whatnot is also a very hot topic of ours, um, and and a, an appearance in the new album. We have a, a song called Lock and Load, so that also shifts my political views, but. Um, no one's coming to take guns. People need to be treated equally, regardless of their gender or their their uh, their sexual identity. Um, yep. And why why the hell should I have to say this in 2016? Like it's it's it, it, man because it's so right because the last last time he's like I checked setting everything back. Well, because the last time I checked, he's in the lead. I was watching Excuse TV me. yesterday, and he had a one-point lead. What? 
Well, how does this pulling, happen? Pulling is like. Well, I know, but like maybe people need to fucking understand that this is not fake. This is real life. Like, I'm not okay. I'm Canadian, right? Uh huh. So I look at this all, and I don't have a say. It affects me. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it affects me. It affects the whole world. It affects world. the whole world. Yes. But I look at it when it was first happening, and I just give a little chuckle, like, "Oh yeah, this Everyone like did. little silly like thing that's going to be Ego, man. a little TV thing and whatever." He'll drop out. Not only did he not drop out, not only did he win the primary. Now we're sitting. Today is the second of November. The election mm-hmm. is in what six days. Yes. And he might have a one point lead. <laughs> the look of sheer terror in your eyes is inexplicable well, to, to listeners. This I'd is, like to make note. This podcast, I'm going to put this one out on Monday, which is just a few days before the election. And I haven't said a lot. <laughs> um, and part of it is because I feel like people are always like, you're Canadian, shut the fuck up. Okay, you can say it to me, but it does affect the whole world. And really, if someone's listening to this, please. Please go out and vote. Certainly, absolutely. And if, unless you're a Trump supporter, then definitely don't vote. <laughs> I hope. It's, then I hope you get so a flat bizarre. tire that day. Yeah. No, gosh, I'm man. not going to be shy about my my opinion and what I think, and and I think people should vote for Clinton. Um, I don't like like we had Fat Mike on here a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he talked a lot about how um, people are saying, "Oh, it's she's the lesser of two evils." And Fat Mike was like, no, 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 no. She's actually very qualified to be president of the United States. Everyone acknowledges that. Everyone knows that. Regar- Republicans okay, then, acknowledge then Why it. are like, people just, why are people, people need to just stop fucking around. I, I, you know what I mean? Because it comes to a point where this is actually could happen. This is real life. You know, and if, if you're in a state, like a state that matters, you know, which I think if you're in one of those states, you know who you are. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah, that you folks vote. back still back in Ohio, especially. Yeah, yeah. Ohio especially. I mean, yeah, I, I. I'm sorry if I said anything mean about your state. Well, it's not my state. <laughs> we're, we're to to those Ohioans. So uh, you voted in Illinois then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the little, uh, which the is little, too bad. <laughs> the little spot of blue and uh, a yes. lot of red, which yes. is, which is completely fine. But and you know, close to Indiana where. The lovely Mike Pence is from, who uh, wants to tell women what to do with their bodies and how people should make love. Bad vibes in, in those regards as well. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's pretty transparent. Yeah, and I just, again, since this episode is so close to Election Day, I feel like you being a political guy saying fuck Trump every day on stage, it's pretty important to talk about. Definitely. I... Again, like I, I was so naive and not voting early on, and just the weight of it—it's it, it, such a point of pride. Like, may I make America great again? America's already great. Like, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm in that. Like, obviously, we have so much work to do, especially in in my in my uh, opinion regarding gun violence. Um, I, I saw something on Pitchfork earlier today that actually, like, someone making T-shirts that say "Make Chicago Great Again," and it made me so mad. Like yeah, we have a serious murder epidemic, but it's still great. America is, is great, um, but at the same time, we need to learn and from countries that are also great because we're not the only great country. I uh, not yeah. to put words in a Trump supporter's mouth, but that might be where what they feel. You know, I think the way it's going 
with Trump and the things he wants to do are going to make America much less great. You're entirely right. And it's probably going to be whatever the word is under great or the one below that. You know what I mean? Like, if right now America's like an A, minus, A minus, B plus, what do you want to say? If you want to go with that grade, definitely down. let's go up to an A, maybe even an A plus. All right, America, let's go. But I'm thinking uh, with Trump, we could be getting down to a C. C minus. You're you're being very, just based on you're being one very gentle. Just based on one guy, though, <laughs> it could go that down that far. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I don't know how the structure of America works. I don't know how much one single leader can do, but not, he will do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's scary. Equal rights, common sense, gun laws. Start there. I'd love to look at food. I think food is is a serious issue that is constantly overlooked, especially because yeah. We're, what do you mean? What do you mean exactly? In uh, environmental regards, yeah. um, not to be like super hippy dippy food documentary guy pro vegan because I'm not vegan. Are you ve- your veg? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, For the most part, we have two pescatarians. I'm vegetarian, and you know your guys' bus, you a number of ve- vegan dudes. Yeah, we and, have and veg. We have two vegans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we we need to like we're lo- like we have this medicinal issue, like this over medicating problem in in the entire health world, which you know we we need to figure out. But at the same time, like look at how poorly we eat, like just starting there. Yeah. Um, and environmentally, I mean, like there's no there's no excuse. Like the the what is happening in in raising animals and killing and eating them environmentally, it, it, it's proven. You know. I'm guilty just as much as everyone because I eat cheese and eggs, but um, I may, I'm going to make a lot of people mad with this, aren't I? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. Like, this, do you often make people mad? Like, I, I'm familiar. Like, I no, listen to you talk well, with, with Keith Buckley when you and Paul Mark talked. Like, no, man. People, people are pretty chill. Like, I think the, the beauty of a long form podcast like this is that, like, you. Things aren't really taken out of context too much because we can talk. We can have this conversation about what we just said rather yeah. than me cutting it and then people are like, "Did you hear what he fucking said?" Just like one if, word answer. If you yeah, eat yeah. egg and cheese, then you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> did you hear him say that? You know what I mean? Yeah. He yeah, called yeah. himself an asshole. No, like, like no. I think I think it's fair to have that opinion. I think people aren't stupid either. Like. People know everyone in America knows McDonald's is not healthy. Yeah, everyone in America knows McDonald's has less than favorable treatment of their animals and their products, and everyone knows it's a little sketchy. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. I, I, yeah, I, I can't imagine meeting people that are like, "No, this is good for me." Yeah, I hope not. I don't Gosh, think I so. I, I don't think people think of that. You know, um, I'm sure there's people that think like a. a Chicken salad is uh, going to be the healthiest thing you could ever eat, and well, I hate to break it to you, but they do some fucked up things to chickens. Yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, again, like if there's this this huge, huge mountain we have to climb as a you know as a society. I'm not just talking about America, but and you have to take it a step at a time. And going back to Trump, this is a big step we need to take. I feel certainly. Because, it, believe me, the last thing people are going to be worried about uh, if Trump gets elected is, like, the fucking food pyramid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it's somewhat more uh, prehistoric concerns, nearly. Yeah. Not to over-exaggerate and not to, like, the, the whole fear-mongering bullshit is... It's coming from both sides. Me being on the left, I understand the, the whole fear, you know, peddling and, and how awful that really is. Right. Um, but it's also realistic with someone that says he knows more about fighting ISIS than four-star generals. I mean, like... Come on. <laughs> yeah. I, and like, No, it, because they're part, a part of the system, man. Yeah, nothing. Like what? We, we talked about this at dinner last oh, night with management. This is so insane. Yeah, okay. Uh, and and going in like, you know, like just proud of just transitioning to new management and being like, you know what, I want to work with a guy that doesn't manage bands, like rather than a manager, someone that has experience in that. Like, it's a somewhat applicable, you know, comparison. I think. Like, right. Like it. It's it just. I don't want to use the word rape, but just stealing all of, like, the experience from a position. Like, what What on... This isn't, like, like me singing for a band, you know, and having no experience singing, but then somehow making it 11 years, being able to write and yell at people. This is running the... This is the, the leader of the free world. Yes. As, as questionable as that title is, it... it I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's pretty a pretty appropriate title, and I'm not even American. So, who's the most famous person in the world right now? I mean, I hope it's not Donald Trump. But oh lord, please! I, it, it's got it's it's got to be Obama. I I I, I love Barrio. Maybe I this is a stupid conversation to have. Maybe I'll cut that out. But who is the most who is the most famous person in the world? I would I I'd expect President Obama. You would you would hope so. So then by. So, you know, then by some standard of that, then what you said is it is important. What we're, what we, I should put myself in this category. What you guys are going to vote for <laughs> next week, this week. I did. Good. I'm pumped. Good. Well, if anyone can vote early, do it. Uh, vote no early. Lines, vote man. often. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and thanks for listening to uh, me and Mike rant about politics in a very. Uh, all sorts of things. Yes, and all sorts of things, but especially <laughs> the the last little bit where we had to have a little uh, a little chat about Rather America. Cathartic. It always is too. You can bring it up and just feel like a weight off your chest. Like, <sighs> not everyone is this stupid, right, dude? Well, recently, not to not to keep rambling and, and make your podcast forever, but uh, Jeremy said something on Instagram, he commented on, uh, oh, I posted a picture of my I voted bracelet yes. was in Chicago, and he made some sarcastic remark about Trump. And someone got really mad, and I had to block and delete their comment because they said that people are voting for Clinton because they're scared to be called racist. Can you, like, is, is there any part of you that can fathom that? No, that's, that's I, I'm having a lot of trouble wrapping my head around that. Like, like as, like, privileged white males... The reason that we want equal rights for everyone, gender, race, sexual, like, the reason we're doing that is because we're scared to be called racist. That's what was told to Jeremy and I on the internet. It's crazy. <laughs> I love this look. It's like it's next fantastic. level, it's... I can't understand. Crazy. You know, we, we can only 
sit here and shrug our shoulders so much. Yeah, right. Exactly, man. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, uh, Mike, thanks again. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about your book. Real quick, talk about your book. I've written three books. You've written three books? Yeah. Uh, one. There's I just, a new one, though. Right, yeah. My newest one's called Three Dots in the Go Machine. It's just a bunch of random poetry, prose, kind of Bukowski-inspired, uh, uh, exaggerated form. Would you vote for Bukowski for president? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> again. Hell no. Yeah, hell no. <laughs> like, you know... <laughs> the experience thing is important to me. Right. I'll say that. <laughs> Certainly, yes. I'm sorry to interrupt. No worries, no worries man. Uh, well, okay, you got three books out. There's a new one. Where can people find the books? Uh, MikeRanica.com. Perfect. Yep. So, yep, I, I, I try to do that, working on more now. Um, yeah. I'm not, right, I'm not selling anything. I just, I like reading people, like... Kind of started with like you. Got, I'm on po- like not only for your show tomorrow, Chain Reaction, which is going to be fucking incredible, yeah, but stoked. also American Nightmare in Toronto coming up, yeah. But like Wes Eisold, when he started doing stuff, I was kind of like, oh, because I've always just written. Like I was just writing poetry, and then when I joined the band, I'm like, oh, I can put this poetry over some some music. So it was it was kind of disciplining myself, getting back to that, and in, in my writing. Uh, challenging myself, exercising it, just like anything else, like practice, you know. And um, Three Dots in the Go Machine is really just half of what I had accumulated, as well as two novels, one I haven't finished and one that I just have kind of sitting there. Um, but, yeah, it, it's uh, – it's, they're grammar mishaps. It's not any good. I apologize for <laughs> your IQ. I talked to Paul Mark a little bit about this. He's like – I'm like, dude, go grab one, please, if you want same – Whoever wants one in, in your camp or whatever, yeah. but I'll apologize. It's bad, <laughs> I, I, but I I, I I like it. It's, I'm, I'm proud of dude, I'm proud of myself. It's art, and it's yours, and that's it. That's all that matters. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, hey, Mike. Thanks, dude. Dude, so honored. So there it is. My talk with Mike. Love the guy. Just always so great hanging out with him. And seriously, if you are American, please, 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 please go vote. Oh, and I wasn't serious about telling young people they should drink. (laughs) Definitely wait until you're 21, and then, of course, always drink responsibly. And as always, I will leave you with the track. This is a song from the new Prada record, which is out now. Check it out. This song is called To the Key of Evergreen. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week.
Hey, are you still there? I found X Gumby X. I'm going to play it right now. Shh, don't tell Mike. Yeah! 